to Judges chapter 14 tonight. Judges 14, uh, this month and next month, we are hitting subjects on the home, child rearing, marriage. And while I'm in Ecuador, several of our men will be preaching on the same subjects. But I try once every couple years to hit on the subject of singleness. I'll do that tonight. In Judges 14, verse 1, Samson went down to Timnath, and he saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up, told his father and his mother, and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said to him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren? Or in church? Saved, sold out, separated, solid, serving Jesus, steady. I'm running out of S's. But it's all there, amen. Or among all thy people, my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth. That heathen Philistine pleaseth me well. Young people, I cannot express to you the importance of marrying right. God has given some gift to being single. Most he has not. We want to marry right. We are quickly gathering the largest group in America of singles. We would like to change that, at least change those percentages. So if we can get some of you to prop your eyes open. There are some fine young people. Sitting in these pews. I'm, I'm talking about people I can highly recommend. Godly, sold out, dedicated, hardworking. All sizes and shapes, all styles. And <laughs> take your pick, amen? You want to make sure you marry right, or you wish you were single again. The last thing you need to do is get in a hurry. And you, you better pray, let God, let God. Now, here's... I didn't bring my glass tonight. I forgot my glass tonight. We were going to read some out of Genesis 24. I just don't have my glasses to read it. So I'm going to save some of you time. Most of you know the chapter. What a contrast between someone that does it right and someone that does it wrong. Those who do it wrong, it usually doesn't last long. And if it does last, it's very painful. You can either have a taste of heaven on earth, you can have a taste of hell on earth. It depends on the choice you make. And Sam's going to find out this wasn't a great choice. We know why this went wrong. Everything that was the basis of his choice was fleshly, based on his eyes, his desires. I, he didn't even find someone that was saved. He didn't even find someone among God's people. That is a tragic mistake. I hope no one here makes that mistake. But we see the right kind of marriage where uh, with prayer and fasting and the guidance of the Holy Spirit of God, Abraham ends up with the right wife for his son Isaac. Now, young people, I want to make a couple points, and we're going to let this group get on the road. Uh, let me just say this. You, you want to be careful that you don't waste the waiting, Amen. the time that God has. Now, we say waiting. I don't even know if that's the right classification uh, because you're serving, you're helping, and some literally have this magical number in their head, and they think by 22, 25, whatever, whatever the magical number is for you, be careful. Cap City, we're a tight-knit bunch. Every opinion you have should not be uttered by your lips. 
You have an opinion about how long people should stay single or whether or not God has a special will for their life. God has not called you to be the matchmaker at Capital City Baptist Church. And you probably don't have as good of an idea as you think about at what age or stage of life everyone should be married. God probably has a better idea. I would leave that in God's hands. Amen? If the parents are panicked, you probably... I refuse to get sidetracked because this is a message. You get sidetracked in a million different ways, and I don't want to do that. But young people, here's what you want to do. Make sure you're becoming the person that you're supposed to be. You don't want to be looking for the perfect person. You want to make sure you're becoming the perfect person. Say, I need to be more concerned about me, developing me, God using me, being used of God while I'm in this process. And let me just say this, young people. Singleness has a lot of advantages. I wouldn't get in too big of a hurry. Uh, you, you have the opportunity to take a missions trip. We talked about a missions trip. You can actually do that and you're single when you're married. Try that with two kids. There are some ladies like to take a missions trip, uh, but they got married. And their husband's doing, her husband's doing everything on the planet to keep, keep that gal broke so she can't go anywhere. You have, listen, I'm, I'm just going to break the bad news. You haven't been pastoring for a long time. Uh, and counseling for a long time, married for a long time. Marriage is drama. <laughs> it's work, it's sacrifice. It's pretending that you like things you don't like. <laughs> and while you're single, listen, you can go into the store and, and spend some money and not even worry about another person being happy with that expenditure or saddened by that expenditure. You can decorate your house however you want it, your room. Now, I, let me just make a suggestion. I'm probably going to make a few people disturbed tonight. This advantage of this being my space. <laughs> if, if you're single, if you're single and ready to mingle, um, I wouldn't suggest farmers.com. Now, that wasn't my point. That just slipped out. I wouldn't suggest living by yourself for an extended period of time. The longer you live with you and only you, the more difficult you may find yourself as a candidate to marry. Having a roommate, we're talking about the same sex in this day and age, you've got to actually specify that. I, I know these students don't want to live at a dorm. A dorm is good for you. Because we, by nature, are selfish, and your parents, your parents are soft on you, and they cater to you, and when you're around other people, they don't cater to you. They actually look at you and say, would you please pick up those clothes and put up that cup and stop being a slob? Number one, you, you don't understand. The best advice I can give you, you, you better get it deep into your heart and mind. This person is going to affect Everything about you in your life for the rest of your life. Everything. Young ladies, everything, everything. When I talk about everything, income, lifestyle, neighborhood, family, Christmas time, Thanksgiving, vacation, styles, lack of styles, slobbishness, propriety, Manners or lack of manners, you're making that choice. 
if he invites you to a burping contest on your first date, <laughs> you got a problem. You need to go find a mature man. If he rides a bike to your first date. <laughs> Remember, this is your possible provider. You might want to have him take one of those online IQ tests before you go on another date. <laughs> say, Pastor, are you just trying to do your best, make fun of people tonight? No, I'm trying to save you from a headache, potential headache. Listen, everyone marries for love. Everyone, I've never signed anyone married for hate. I hate you enough that I'm going to marry you. You really take me off. I think I want to say I do and live with this the rest of my life. You found that person attractive for some reason. Some reason you found that person attractive. Now here's the problem: you're going to live with this person the rest of your life, and it's going to get complicated because people are complicated and. Life, we all respond differently to the challenges of life. And young ladies, you better understand, this, this determines the state you're living in. How You say, I really want to serve God. You better marry someone that really wants to serve God. Amen. You're going to be frustrated the rest of your life. Right. Now, if you're a lazy Christian, they can barely pull your corpse into church a couple times a week, you need to marry a lazy Christian. Sure. Or you're going to make someone else incredibly frustrated you look for someone on the same spiritual level and if you're spiritual deadbeat i want to introduce you to a spiritual deadbeat i don't want you to get hooked up to a christian racehorse that, that wants to run for god and do god's will and be a soul winner and suddenly he he's living in back by a woman that's saying well you're always out doing something for jesus make sure you marry someone on the same level, head the same direction. Let me help you out. We as Baptists, we haven't figured this out, how to balance all this yet. Serve God when you're single and serve God when you're married and don't use either as an excuse. Well, I'm limited because I'm single. No, you're not limited. You got extra time, you got extra money, you have less responsibility, less emotional stress. You ought to be serving God like no one else in the church. If you're single and you can't serve God, I'm definitely not going to count on you when you get married. And if you're single serving God when you get married, don't stop serving God. Pastor, I'm going to take a seven-year sabbatical. Why don't you go to the stone? That's their type of church, your type of church. Amen. But if you're going to serve Jesus, let that person know before you ever get married. When I say I do to you, that doesn't mean that I'm going to say I don't to Jesus. I'm going to balance this. And serve. Now, here's what happens. There's something strange going on in the independent fundamental Baptist movement that, that we think that serving Jesus means, okay, we get a home, we get a little protected home, and we, we create a little nest there, and we keep the world out and, and pass out an occasional trait. That's not a way to raise your children to love God, serve God, and survive a wicked world. It, it, these people trying to place one, two, three. It's, it's God, then the home. And then ministry. How do you separate those three? What do you, can you explain that to me? There, there's no separation there. God is my home. My home is ministry. Ministry includes everything in my home. It's, it's so intertwined and intermingled, intermingled. If I'm doing it right, I'm serving God with my family. I'm loving God. I can't separate those three. Now, here, here's what happens. When, when your mission is living for God, winning people, discipling people, 
That's how you get your family on the right track. Robert, if you ever notice, every year in the college, we take this eclectic bunch of students, don't know each other, different home lives, different states, different backgrounds, different directions, different everything. We put them on a plane or a van, 25, 30 kids, don't even... Listen, they don't even want to talk to each other when we take off the beginning of the semester. And it doesn't matter if we go to Ecuador or the Indian Reservation, wherever we're going. By the time we get back, that group is so united. I can't believe that sin. We had so much fun. You know what happened? They had a united purpose and mission that bonded them together. You know what my life with... Uh, Kim and my three kids has been, it's been a 30-year mission trip. There's been a purpose that has united us and bonded us. And if you're not careful, you, you think, I'm, I'm going to make this, create this little perfect world that doesn't include evangelization. You're going to lose everyone eventually. Yeah, I can show you thousands of examples of that. Amen. I told you at some point I'll make everyone in here unhappy. Young people, you better understand that person you choose is going to determine so much about your future. You better stop. You better pause. You better breathe. You better consider. You better make sure they like going to the same kind of church, singing the same songs, listening to the same kind of music. You better make sure you enjoy the same kind of preaching. You're involved in the same kind of ministry. Mm -hmm. Have the same kind of friends. And you better, I use this word among kids a lot, trajectory. You better make sure you have the same level of spiritual growth. You know what happens among young people that are 20, 21, 22, 23? They all look the same in that environment but if you project this 15 years into the future, there are going to be problems because some are growing at a different rate and some will be up here and others will be down here. And when you put that in a marriage, you've got prefabricated problems. Absolutely. Young man, if you're growing, you better marry a young lady that's growing. And if you're not growing, don't hook yourself up with someone that is because you fast forward 15 years, you guys are going to be fussing and fighting. Thank you, preacher. Amen. Number two, get your parents' blessing. Yes. You better make sure your parents are not hesitant, not half-hearted in their support. They're wholehearted. God put those two in your life for a specific reason. When he went down and he told his father and mother, I've seen this woman, his father's response is not great choice. Now, young people, if you have to hide your choice, it's a bad choice. If you don't want, if you got to do this on the sly, young people, if your parents, now hold on for a second, we're talking about four people, two on her side, two on your side. If you can't get four people to get happy about this happening, it's not a good idea. Those are the four people that love you the most. I would throw in six people. 
but most people aren't spiritual enough. You get all, you, you talk to your blogger friend who's totally against the thought of actually running it by your pastor and seeing what he thought. You know what? If, if there's someone that's praying for you in this place, it's probably your pastor. He's probably thinking about your future and, and hoping you have a great future. I don't feel bad about being included or excluded. It doesn't bother me at all. Here's what I found out in life. Most people don't want the truth, so I'm not in the business of telling them the truth. They want a pat on the back and a congratulations and a good choice. I'll preach the truth from the pulpit, but if you come to me and say, I already made up your mind and ask me, Pastor, what do you think? I'm not telling you what I think. You would lose your mind and beat the hood of your car in, devalue your small investment before marriage. I don't want you to do that. But at least ask mama. If, if mom says, well, you know, I, I think she's a good person, but she has some issues, I would look a different direction. You know what? You want mom and dad to be pretty happy about this. Now, parents, let me say this, okay? Stop trying to live vicariously through your children. And don't give them a green light and six months down the road, when their hearts are knit, say, oh, you know what? I think I changed my mind. You want to talk about a cause for bitterness. Now, I've told my kids, I'm not choosing your mate, but I have the power of veto, and that's until the moment of the wedding. If I saw something that scared the fire out of me last minute, I'd certainly let my child know. But parents, if your child comes up to you and says, I, I think I'm interested in this young person. Tell them your concerns if you're concerned. But your child is very imperfect. So if you're hoping your child connects with the most perfect person on the planet, you ought to fire you. Yeah. Be careful about how quick you are to run that person off the porch. Young people, number three, how, how basic can we get? Don't get in a hurry. Don't get desperate. Here's what you need to do. Let, let God organize this. Let God put this together. Let God offer this. I've seen people run all over the country, bounce around from place to place. End of the day, God's more interested in, in making sure you marry right. And listen, parent, be very, very careful about this mystical philosophy of your, your other half is here. There's nearly 8 billion people on the planet, and you've got to find, that puts a lot of pressure on a young person. <laughs> you know, we're praying about God bringing the right person in your life. Someone that loves Jesus, someone that wants to do right, someone that stayed pure, yes. someone with the same goals as you, and someone you're attracted to. God can help do this. And guess what? When you're in a spot where you're in a good place to get married, God's going to bring that person to your life. Amen. So if God hasn't brought that person to your life, you know what you need to be doing? Work on your cooking skills. Make more money. Buy a better car. <laughs> Number four, you need to ask the right questions. Now, the first question you need to ask in this day and age is, can I see your birth certificate? I just need to verify that you were born the sex that you claim to be. No, you, you need to say, are, are we headed the same direction? We, we have the same goals. We, we doctrinally on the same page. What's your thoughts and philosophy concerning money and giving? And what do you plan on doing for God? Take a look at their attitude concerning authority. Yeah, that's, 
that might help you out, ladies. You, you might want to ask, do I want to live this, with this personality forever? Quirky is amusing for about six months. After that, not so much. Number, number five, we're racing along to not disturb the few that haven't been disturbed yet. Being in love is not good enough. Shechem loved Dinah. Solomon loved a lot of women. Do you want me to name all 1,000? Samson loved Delilah and this Philistine and many others. Amnon loved Tamar. Uh, how long of a list do we need? How many of you remember that emotional feeling that you felt? And you need to feel that. If you don't have butterflies, don't pursue the gal. Because she won't give you butterflies later on. Later on. <laughs> butterflies don't come in a can. <laughs> there needs to be a little pitter patter. There needs to be mutual attraction. But your decision better not be based on that. You need to say, okay, what is the foundation here? Who is this person? Who am I? Do I have authority in my life that truly believes this is a great idea? This was, and young people, let me, let me say this about uh, a good couple. Good couples are two young people when together they make each other better people. Amen. Although you're good people, if you get together and you make each other worse people, this is a bad fit. I've met young people, both very fine young people, but as soon as they get together, they make each other, they, they lower each other's level of integrity. They hurt each other's character. One plus one equals three quarters. That's bad math. And here's what you want. I, I thank God. In, in the young couples that we've seen in this church get married, they have made each other better, and that started in courtship. Jessica made Kyle a better person. Kimberly made Oscar a better person. You know what's happening in each case? They make each other better people. That's a good fit. That's a good marriage. And you need to observe that from the beginning of this relationship. Say, are they making each other better people than this this is a good idea. This is a good fit. I, I think we can uh, yes, put a little wind on this fire. Amen. Amen. But young people, be careful because you're going to have a crush in 8th grade and you're going to have a crush in 10th grade and you're going to have a crush that's crushed in 12th grade. <laughs> Say, Pastor, is there a problem with that? If you let that grow because in 10th grade... You don't have a clue who you are. You don't have a clue who that person is. And to further that relationship is to just become one big flaming idiot. And you don't want to sit back and talk to your classmates when you're 22 and talk about how stupid you were at 16. So you just say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to wait and make sure this pitter-patter is the right kind. Amen. Number six. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 7. 1 Corinthians 7. Don't look at marriage as the solution or the finish line. If you're single and saying, uh, my life will never be right, never be complete until I get married, you're going to marry wrong. This is about serving Jesus until he brings the right person into your life. And you're saying, 
Uh, single is not less. I'm not less of a person because I'm single. God has a time and God has a person and God has a perfect will and I can be happy with that. And by the time you start getting patient, remember that John the Baptist was single and Jesus Christ was single and the Apostle Paul was single. And there are a lot of examples of people in the Bible that were single and greatly used of God, lived that happy life. Here's what Paul said, 1 Corinthians 7, 7 and 8, and all the parents are going to get mad at me for reading these verses. I would that all men were even as myself, said Paul. Every man, speaking of singleness, hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner, another after that. He said being single was a gift of God. A gift from God. I've not met very many single people to believe that. Doesn't matter how temporary it is. At this stage, Lauren, Sienna, Ashton, Lauren, Jonna, Travis, Ethan, Chris, Oliver. God said this is a gift. And guess what? God has gifted some for life. Uh, I believe God has a mate, a special person for just about everyone here. Uh, But not, not trying to be the bearer of bad news. How many realize in our circles, our Christian world, there are more young ladies that are saved and sold out than young men? And that's even getting smaller. When I went to Bible college, it's about half and a half. About 50% men, 50% women. Now it's about three quarters ladies, 25% male. Ladies, that means you need to up your prayer life and down your calories. <laughs> Number seven. I usually can't see past the middle of the auditorium without my glasses, but I saw some of you <laughs> faces you made beyond the fifth row. Look for a maid in the right places, young people. Start in your own local church. I don't know. I preach around the nation. I don't know if any churches under 800 that have the amount of single young people that are sold out and want to serve God like we have here. But I go to those churches and some of them have eight young people. We have 40. Or they have 10 in the church and just about everyone have someone else in the church that they're dating or courting. I don't care. However you want to specify that. Whatever you classify, whatever your kids are doing. Just make sure it's honoring to God. You need to start by looking right here in your own church. And saying, there may be a candidate right here. You're going to truck on down the road. You don't even know that person. You don't even know their upbringing. You don't know their family. You don't know their nighttime habits. You don't have a clue who they are or who they claim to be. And right here in your own church, you've been around these people. You know the family. You know the potential in-laws and outlaws. You know their quirks. And... and Pastor, you know, we just know each other too well. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. It ought to start right here in your own... How how many agree with Pastor on this point? Ought to start right here in your own local... Here's what they told Samson. Samson, what's your problem? Right here in our Christian community. You can't find a young lady. You've got to go way out there. Folks, if we have 40 young people in between 18 and 62, how many, Debbie? <laughs> 65. <laughs> I 
Let's, let's sneak that back to 30. You would think, you would think we'd have a few more courting, dating, something. Amen. Number eight. We got to get these guys in the road. You know what? Let's just go to the last point. Let's do the last point. Praying fast. Don't pray fast. Pray fast and say, God, I, I want you in this. And God, I'm going to be happy with your will. And I'm going to be happy with your timing. I just, I want the right person. I don't want to mess this up. I want to honor glorify you. Young people, when you do things right, we can't wait. Cap City, we, we can't wait to host the party. We, we can't wait to, to celebrate with you. We, we can't wait to eat some of the cake. You need, you need fast pray. If you're not fasting and praying, I wouldn't expect God to come do the supernatural for you. And there's a lot of guys around here, they're going to need the supernatural. This whole front row is going to need the supernatural. 